Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story of redemption that we have walked through this evening. And as we pause to linger a bit on your appearing to the angel, by the angels to your shepherds uh, as they kept watch over their flocks by night, would you make an appearing to us now and speak to us and help us to see Jesus that we might leave here glorifying you. We ask this in his perfect name. Amen. So if you want to flip back a page to the seventh reading in Luke chapter 2, where the angels appear to the shepherds, it's a very unusual experience, but in some ways we can resonate with their situation. Maybe you have been watching a sporting event or you were watching your favorite program and you suddenly got the breaking news announcement. And that doesn't happen so much nowadays in an age of Netflix and streaming, but maybe you're watching your favorite show and then that notification pops up on your phone. Breaking news that you need to hear right now. News that you need to know, that you need to act on. News that, depending on the situation, might even save your life. But granted, as I was preparing this homily this past week, the notifications that popped up on my phone during this time were not uh, information that, that would have changed my life. Uh, just three of them from, from just this past Thursday. Uh, one, uh, Congress leaves many issues unaddressed as they head into recess. I didn't know they were still doing something, so, you know, there was that. Uh, two men arrested for killing 3,000 birds, which, like, that's fascinating, but I don't know if that's breaking news. I'm glad that they were caught. Uh, and then uh, an NFL team fired their head coach. Again, why is this breaking news? Why is this supposed to change my life? We all know breaking news, and some of it is important, and others, it's just to generate hype. But as we come to this scene in Luke chapter 2, we actually get some real breaking news, some news that we need to act on, news that, if we truly understand it, can change our life. And in Luke chapter 2, this breaking news comes to the most unlikeliest of people. It doesn't come to the journalists. It doesn't come to the news anchors. It comes to shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. This breaking news first comes to shepherds. And when you, th when you think of shepherds, what comes into your head? Kids, if you think about a shepherd this evening, what, what pops into your head? Do you think of men with fluffy beards looking after fluffy sheep on green rolling hills as, as they have their crook in, in their bonnet and they're looking after the little lambs? Well, that's not quite the image uh, of what a shepherd was in the first century. The, the shepherds that these angels appeared to uh, the shepherds in the time of Jesus were actually a disreputable group, and there, there were a lot of things that, that, made, that made them different and, and estranged and outsiders on their day. The first was that the shepherds were an uneducated group. They, they didn't have a, a formal education. They, they did unskilled labor. They were often looked down on by those in the professional class or the elites as those who, uh, whose work was very menial and brought a lot of shame. Not only, though, were they uneducated, they were also unreliable. They had a bad reputation. In fact, in the first century, uh, shepherds were not allowed to give testimony or to present evidence in a court of law. So unreliable they were in their day. And not only were they uneducated or unreliable, they were unclean. Right? Not just physically, and if you've ever been around sheep or gone to the county fair, the state fair, you know that sheep aren't these great-smelling creatures. They weren't just unclean physically, they were unclean religiously. Because of the line of work they were in, they were not allowed to go into the temple. They weren't allowed to make sacrifices or to worship with all their other countrymen when the, when the people of God went to worship at the national holidays. 
In other words, uh, if, we, if we were to put it in the 21st century terms, these shepherds never went to church, they weren't part of a community group, and they didn't show up to serve, right? These, these shepherds were ignorant, they were irresponsible, and they were irreligious people. But these were the exact people that the angels appeared to. It's, it's to them that this breaking news that, that the gospel comes. And the angels appear upon these shepherds and they bring light, not just physical light, but, but theological light. Light shines around them in the middle of the night that they're, that they're blinded and they can't see around them. But then the theological light comes and it comes first with the words of preface. It says, fear not, do not be afraid. This is a terrifying scene, but, but fear is not the emotion that you should be feeling in this moment. Uh, in, instead of feeling fear, you should feel joy. I, the angels say, I bring you good news of great joy. In, in the original language uh, uh, of Luke's gospel, the Greek, it's, it's literally the words, I bring you a gospel of mega joy, a, a gospel of mega delight. This is good news, and, and who's this good news for? It's for all the people. It, it's not just news for the popular or the powerful or the pious. It's, it's news that's good news for the uneducated, the unreliable, the unclean. It, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. The good news of Christmas, the angels say, is for everyone. The good news is for everyone. And, and what is this news? It's, it's that a Savior, who is the Christ the Lord, has been born. This news is about a Savior, about someone who's come to rescue people in, from, from a situation from which they cannot save themselves. It's, it's a message about a Christ or, or a Messiah, a promised deliverer from God who's going to do for us what we can't do for ourselves, and, and it's Christ the Lord, the, the, the one that created the cosmos, the one that fashioned the world. He has come to, to set things right. And how how does this Savior, this Christ, this Lord come into the world? Not like a, a, a rider on horseback with a sword in his hand come to conquer. No, he comes as a baby born in a food trough. The, the voice that created the cosmos is crying in a crib next to his mother. The, the hands that formed the universe are, are gripping on to Mary's finger. God has come to become one of us, to put on flesh to bear our shame, to, to take our sin and our iniquity upon himself, and in order to do all that, to, to give us peace. To give us peace. On this first Christmas morning, the angels are telling the shepherds about a whole different kind of sheep. A, a whole different kind of sheep. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world the sin of the world. And this Savior, this Christ, this Lord, he comes to bring us peace, a peace that only he can provide. And this language of, uh, of God being born, it wasn't language that was unfamiliar in the first century. In fact, the, the, the emperor of the Roman Empire of the day, Caesar Augustus, he, he, he spun this propaganda uh, about himself that sounds very similar to a birth uh, like, like the birth in Luke 2. Caesar Augustus called himself a, a son of God. He, he called uh, the news of his birth, his arrival on the scene, a gospel, a, a, a word of good news. And his reign is often known in history as the Pax Romana, a, a time of, of unmitigated, unbreaking peace. 
But as we look back on the, the true history of Rome, and even as the own historians of the Roman Empire put it, this peace was not enduring, it was not transformative, it was not lasting peace. One of the most noted historians of the day, a guy named Epictetus, observed rightly that while Augustus, uh, the emperor, may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns for, which man yearns for more than even outward peace. While the emperor can give peace from, from war on land and sea, he cannot, give, he cannot give man peace from which every man longs for. And it's the birth of Christ. It's the birth of the Son of God that gives us the peace that no other form of, of power, no other form of, of earthly peace can give us. It's the birth of Christ that brings peace to ends, that ends the war, not just between man and man, but between man and God. And so, friends, this evening, are you familiar with that peace? Do you possess that peace that gives you peace with God, that gives you peace between your fellow man? That peace is available to you tonight, and all you need to go is see. The, the, the shepherds get the announcement in the field, but the command is to go and see for themselves the Savior, Christ the Lord. And so the command for us is the same. Having heard the announcement of the birth of Jesus, the news for us is to go and see and experience for ourselves the birth of this baby boy born on Christmas Day, that in Jesus we can experience the peace of God. And friends, if you're here this evening and if you've experienced that peace, then let our song be the same song as the angels. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace on those with whom his favor rests. Having experienced the peace of God, we can go from here and extend that peace that the angels said that we would have so that others may know as well. Thanks be to God. And the reality is, is that while all breaking news isn't that important, this truly is breaking news that has the power to change everything. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, Help us this evening to better know your peace, to better be transformed by the boy born on Christmas. Would we experience great joy at his coming, great joy at his redemption, and great joy in relationship with him. We ask all this in his name. Amen. And now, friends, would you please stand for our last carol. Joy.